0: Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with your host, Dr. Fuck, and the Ayatollah Alcohola, Ian Wadley. Kick on back and listen to another exciting episode.
1: It's time for the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast! Oh hey, yo, it's me, Dr. Drunk. Yeah, that's right, the first time ever. I'm drunk on the podcast. Why? Because I'm at this guy's house. Let's hear it. That's right. And let me see. That's Ian Waddley doing his calling <laughs> card crack. But I'm gonna do mine as well. Ready? Ready? Here it goes. Nice. That's, a, that's my beer cracking. And we are drunk as a motherfucker here at the Waddley residence, where I have tampons hanging above me. <laughs> a whole different story there. And, uh, <laughs> Don't I sound like Ian, huh?
2: Nice. You sound beautiful. That's right. I'm
1: here in New Orleans, and I want to thank Ian for being a gracious host. No problem, brother. And taking me to Bourbon Street, got all fucked up, went to go see Rush, and then afterwards met up with somebody that we're going to make fan of the week this week. And we'll talk about him later. Him and his lovely girl, the cool people. And uh, But this episode... Is about the show we saw last night We saw Rush What's the name of that place they played at? Uh, The Smoothie King Center The Smoothie King Center (laughs) Really?
2: That's the name of that place? That's the name of it now It was the arena But now it is the Smoothie King You know how that shit goes from Coral Sky Every two years somebody new buys it And they change the name Next week it'll be like, you know, fucking Kinko's. There you go, there
1: you go. The Kinko's Arena. (laughs) Anyway, so, but before we get into
2: that, we gotta, uh, we gotta go through the news. Yeah, we gotta do the news, and, uh, not a shitload of news, we'll do a little (laughs) bit. The biggest news... Was that the two of us invaded New Orleans? I mean, well, I live here, but... Uh, man, we've had a great time. But in the world of rock this week, uh, a lot of people have <laughs> been talking about uh, Van Halen played at the Billboard Awards last week.
1: I loved it.
2: I loved it as well. Uh, I thought they sounded great, much better than, uh, you know, the Jimmy Kimmel debacle. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was awesome. And what I really loved was the interview where the guy asked if he's ever going to do, uh, you know... Van Hagar songs, and of course, I mean, as any good journalist, it was a it was a good move because it's going to spark controversy. You're going to get a good uh, reaction. And in classic Dave said there was a credibility issue there, and I love that he said good, bad, or different. You know, Roth meant it, and the other guy didn't. And he also mentioned that this hamburger don't need no helper. Oh my God, that I my dick grew like three inches across when I heard that shit. He uh, said it ain't no uh, rehearsal pants in his closet. I love that shit. Uh, yeah. Th- there's no. Who wants to hear those fucking songs anyway? Not even Sammy does. Come on. Really? I, well, well, he... Because that's that's the only thing he plays that people give a shit about. Nobody nobody cares about, you know... You know, the few fans he had just know fucking Van Hagar shit. They don't want to hear that Midnight Special shit you keep playing that I love.
1: Yeah, uh, can can I just... I just have one statement to make. Okay. Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. We are the only podcast that have enough balls to not not review a Van Hagar album. That's right. (laughs) You know, we are proud to hate Van Hagar. We are proud not to be so open-minded and like that garbage that was Van Halen with Sammy Hagar. That castrated, shitty band... That songs, shitty songs like Judgment Day cannot hold a hand, the fucking candle to heaviness like Sinner Swing, One Foot Out the Door, On Fire. That's heavy. Romeo Delight. Jesus Romeo Christ. Delight. You're going to tell me Judgment Day is anywhere near as heavy as those songs? Yeah.
2: Go back to yeah. school, you pansy. Yeah. Right now, I'm making fun of you.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Let me tell you something. When it comes to classic Van Halen... Fuck you, Sammy Hagar. Fan. <laughs> and here's another thing. You know
2: Judgment Day? That's a hamburger that needs helper. <laughs> you fucking ain't right. That's right. Oh my god. But uh Van Halen man getting ready to do the fucking tour. I wish I wish I was like as cool as Dr. Fuck and I was going to fucking uh you know South Florida to see it. Uh, they added some more dates, unfortunately, not in New Orleans yet, but, uh, man, if they do, I'm fucking there. And I got a feeling they might, you know, add some dates. I hope they do.
1: And and it's really good, because they won't be playing Judgment Day.
2: Yes, yes, but they, they have been rehearsing songs like Top Jimmy, yes. uh, uh,
1: uh, Feel Your Love Tonight, Dirty Movies,
2: Dirty, Dirty Movies, oh my god. Well, dirty movies has never been played live. Remember that girl it was prom queen. Oh, oh wow. wow! Remember how <laughs> shitty
1: Judgment Day is. <laughs> oh, oh wow, oh, man! <laughs> Fuck Judgment Day! What a horrible fucking song! That and is... that album is horrible. Yeah. So unlawful carnal nod. Yeah. What a piece of crap that album was.
2: Well, I like the original title it was uh, "Fuck the fans out of fucking twelve dollars." You know, they, yeah, they, they, they shorten it though.
1: Just fuck. I heard, I heard that album made like really desperate virgins call uh, hotlines to get in trouble, get in trouble with their moms because they're so, so such losers. They call these sex lines. God, that's pretty fucking pathetic. But what do you expect from Van Hagar fans?
2: Oh, good lord! You know,
1: David Lee Roth fans. You know what they do? They go out there and fucking get it
2: for free, and they
1: actually get it. They don't talk over the phone for it.
2: Yeah. If you like a thumb in your ass, press 5. Yeah. Uh, you know, all Van Hagar fans, press 5. <laughs> all right. Well, that's what's going on in Van Halen World. Um, let's see what else. Uh, you know, updates on the whole Bill Ward debacle. Uh, Bill Ward actually uh, accepted an award. With uh geezer butler and Tony Iommi. What what, what did
1: Bill Ward win? the man that was the most fucked over by anybody ever? I heard last year's was Michael Anthony's. <laughs>
2: uh it was a uh I believe it was a songwriter's award, like a British songwriters award. And awesome. uh yeah. For, it's just great for think. his for his amazing work on Ward 1. I highly recommend that That's album. Right. That album Rules. <laughs> uh but uh, yeah, he showed up. Of course, Ozzy was not there. Uh, <coughs> well, it, well, cause
1: it's, it's, Bob it, Daisley was there, wasn't he? Yeah, Bob
2: Daisley was there. Bob Daisley was there to pick up his uh, his award for Ozzy. Yeah, and he was wearing Ozzy's yes. makeup, so yeah. that's cool. But uh, no, and he it, hadn't, he had to stub up his ass oddly enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but the, the the funny thing is, the reason supposedly Ozzy wasn't there was he was at a yeah you know, uh, a doctor's appointment. But Bill Ward's the one with all the health issues. But uh, Ozzy couldn't make it because he was at the doctor's office. There you go. But it was it was great to see Bill, who Bill has lost a tremendous amount of weight, and hopefully, you know, due to natural occurrences and not because he's sick. But uh, you know, he said he would love to come back to Sabbath, but he will not until this dispute with Ozzy is settled. So I, I got a feeling it's gonna get settled. I, I really do. I, I, well, I hope he does. I, 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 I'm really hoping for a happy ending here. And by that, I, you know, I don't mean you know, Sam gets back together. I mean that an Asian, uh, manually makes me come. But oh, uh, oh, yeah. that's good. Yeah. But anyway, uh, well, well, because well, they have small hands, so it looks better. Um. Oh. But uh, really, I hope they do work this shit out because it's it's very sad. Was the greatest band of all time? The first goddamn heavy metal band. Let's be honest, the first heavy metal band. <coughs> like, so. uh, please end on the high note. That would be great. Yes, end it like you started it. Yeah. Or don't or just end it. Uh, let's see. There's a lot of rumblings about uh, Guns N' Roses reunion. Uh a lot that ain't gonna happen. A lot of rumblings, yeah, yeah, like I said, I have no idea, but they talked about it more this week, uh, if it does, like we said in the previous episode, it would be a shot in the arm, it would be great, uh, you know, great for rock and roll, but don't hold your fucking breath, um, but that's about it for news, there's not a whole lot, the biggest news of this week is the superpowers collided, you know, Dr. Right. fucking the Ayatollah Alcohola fucking Cochran New Orleans, that, that's... The biggest fucking
1: Yeah, everybody was in awe of us at Rush. Oh, my God. Oh, Remember, yeah. we kept saying, turn around the plane, sing this, assholes. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Stop looking. Stop it's taking our picture.
1: It's stopping up
2: already. Jesus. Stop. Yeah, I know. I know. It's like I felt bad for Rush. Yeah, know? I know,
1: right? They were even looking at us.
2: Yeah. Oh, the whole time. The yeah, whole time. The whole time. time hey. Uh,
1: Neil Perk kept fucking dropping his drumstick.
2: Yeah, so he had a good view. Yeah, yo, oh guy, he was nervous. He was nervous. Yeah, you yeah. know, cause he's like, oh fuck, we're gonna be on the show. They're gonna talk about us. But let's get into this motherfucker because it was an incredible, incredible show. What was it? Three hours and a half. It, yeah, yeah, three, oh, three, oh, three, three and a half hours of Rush. Fuck yeah, it was amazing. Worth so, the trip. Uh, oh, I'm I'm so glad, brother. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad I enjoyed it, and. uh... An important part of the show, I did stay sober, and Doctor Fuck was sober. I, I took I took a young boy, uh, Kobe, uh, Kobe Lehman. He's twelve years old. Uh, his first concert, me and his father took him to see Rush on the Time Machine tour in two thousand ten. And unfortunately, Kobe's father passed away two weeks after that show. Um, Rush was his favorite band. And uh, we really bonded over Rush. We were good friends. And, I, you know, as soon as all this happened, I told his son. I said, you know what? Rush ever comes back, you and me are going. You know, I'm going to take you. And last night was all about him. I, I really enjoyed it, but, uh, you know, I wasn't partying. I, wasn't, I enjoyed myself, but uh, it was all about taking this young man to see his father's favorite band. And he really enjoyed it. And he had fun with me and Ralph, and it was a very special night, very heartfelt night. And probably the last time all of us are going to see Rush. Uh, So it was bittersweet, but incredible.
1: Yeah, I mean, it it was a young kid, man, and my heart went out to him, but he was in good spirits. Uh, I did look at him a couple times during the show, and he was enjoying it, but it also like, you know, it kind of like was bittersweet. I was like, I didn't know, I mean, it was the first time I met the kid. But he was so young, you know, and I was like, God, to lose your dad at such a young age must be so rough, you know? Yeah. So, but, you know, I mean, I felt good what you did for him, and he had a great time, he enjoyed it, and uh, that's all that matters, man. Oh, yeah. But let's get into this awesome fucking show, shall we? All right. You're the one with the set list. I'm the one that's drunk over here. I'm not used to being drunk like you, my friend. I used to be a, a <laughs> drunkie but now it's like, I'm only on my fourth beer and I'm polluted because my tolerance level is super low. You can't and make Ian, no babies because you're
2: so polluted. And Ian's on his 15th, I think. So nice. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I can totally maintain. But, uh, all right, let's get into this show. It started off with a nice little video. Uh, it's kind of funny, like an animation video where it's rushed through the years. Yeah, and it's so funny. It shows up from the beginning all the way through all The the '80s part really cracked me up, where it showed how horrible they all looked in the '80s, especially when uh, Getty Lee had the little like raccoon fucking rat tail hanging, yeah, you know, with the poop ball on his head. And it was really funny. And something I didn't even notice, uh, uh, excuse me, until we got to the show. And maybe it's because I was sober and I had what alcoholics refer to as a moment of clarity. It finally hit me like a ton of bricks. The whole set list was their history in reverse. Starting out with the newest stuff and then going back and back. Right. So they opened up with songs off of uh, Clockwork Angels. An incredible album. But man, when the first song started and the first song was uh, The Anarchist. Yeah. And uh, the sound, I thought, was absolutely horrible. Yeah, and, and, and uh, you saw Getty like making a bunch of fucking like hand signals, like, "Hey, you know, you know, fix this shit," or you know, "You're gonna be working for fucking, you know, poison at the county fair." You know, uh, you gotta straighten this shit out. By the end of the song, it got a whole lot better, but it was a weird beginning because it was a song that. You know the, the the bigger songs off of Clockwork Angels, of course, were Caravan and B two B four or whatever. You know the fucking songs. They're both great songs. Um, this was a lesser known song, and I thought was a weird way to start out the show. Uh, <clears throat> but I, I I love how you know they Rush is always stand by what they put out, uh, the same way Iron Maiden does. If you see Rush on a tour for that particular album they're going to play a good amount because they believe in the product they just put out. And I respect that, but it wasn't one that I thought really kicked the show off. You know, it, it should have been something more people could get into and the sound problems didn't help either. What do you think Ralph? Yeah, I
1: agree. I, I didn't think it was, it, it was still, I mean, I, I dug it, the sound, I was a little worried there for a bit. I was like, Oh no, I hope the show doesn't sound like this, but I, lucky enough by a second song, That little technical issue was uh, solved, but uh, uh, as far as that song goes, I actually do like the song a lot, but I do agree it's not really a good opener, but it didn't really matter to me. There was some kind of electricity in the air last night, even before the show started. I even thought the vibe in here is really good. Oh, yeah. This is going to be a really good show. You know, and also my first time in New Orleans, you know, I experienced... A show outside of my state, which every time I do, for some reason, every time I see a show outside of Florida, it's always an amazing show. Like Kiss at Madison Square Garden, ACDC at the L.A. Forum, uh, you know, the the Clash of the Titans in San Francisco, that other hurricane relief in New Jersey. And I can go on and on. The Ramones in Germany. Uh, I mean, all these shows that I saw were magical when I leave Florida. So, and last night was no exception. By the time the second song came in, which I'd like to add, uh, they, you know, everybody knows the set list, but last night they used an alternative set list. Yes. Where they they played, uh, which they have played already a couple
2: shows with this set list, am I correct? Yes, I believe there, there's at least two or three shows. There's four songs that are interchangeable from a, uh, the set list consists of 26 songs. And, the, and, the, and there's four that they switch up. And we saw the alternative set list last night.
1: So, and then the second song, again, wasn't really one of my favorite. I like it, because I love Clockwork Angels. What's the name of the second song? The,
2: the second song was The Records.
1: Okay, The Records, which was supposed to be the title track, Clockwork Angels. But they changed to the record. Right. Again, I mean, if you ask me, I, I would have preferred Clockwork Angels. But yes. who am I to complain? Right. It was okay, but... I'll let you go into the next song, but before you do, I gotta say, to me, it picked up a lot with the third song. But go ahead.
2: Oh, well, I totally agree with you. There. Uh, the wreckers, uh, not a bad song, uh, and they had a really neat uh, band of videos they got going on behind this. Were some incredible stuff that would go back to stuff that they had, you know, you know, pre-done, and then it would go to live footage. And in the wreckers, you know, is is about you know a, a ship on the ocean and you know the rain and everything. And oh my God, the lasers making it look like a thunderstorm. The laser show was out of this world last night.
1: That that that's the cool thing. I remember like it showed like a ship right in the ocean with with rain. Yeah. But that rain was kind of three D ish. It came out yeah. in the audience because they also had these lasers. Right, that were on top of the lighting scaffold that was coming down across the screen with the actual rain that's on the screen, hitting the audience, and it looked so cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. that that was visually amazing. Oh
2: yeah, it, it was awesome. That that was almost one where like, uh, you know, the effects, you know, were overpowering the song. It was still good, but once again, you know, you got a lot of people. It's a newer song, uh, but they're going back in time, and I really dug that. But Ralph hit the nail on the head because whatever little sound problems they did have in the beginning were totally fixed by the third song, which is Headlong Flight. I love that. Oh song. my god! Not only is that a great song off of Clockwork <coughs> Angels, but oh, the sound by this time was perfected. Yeah. And Neil Peart, Pert, whatever, Pert plus uh, d- did a mini drum solo during dur- yeah. during this. So it's like. People really, this is the last time you're gonna get to see him, unless they do a couple one-off shows here and there. This is the last tour. Go see this. Neil knows it. That's why you got one and a half drum solos. It was fucking amazing. Headlong Flight, one of, one of the highlights. You know, yeah. especially for a newer song, it is such a great song. And then and then with that little you know Neil solo in the middle, incredible. What do you think of Headlong Flight?
1: Way better than Judgment Day. <laughs> I love that song. I, you know what I love about "Along Flight 2 is that little unaccompanied bass thing that that uh, Getty does. That little thing he does, and then it goes into this like it reminds me of anthem, the, the song anthem. It has that 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 heavy tightness. It's such an amazing song. Which I was happy when uh, that last song came out that they made that the video. Um. Yeah. Amazing. I, and that's when, to me, the the show really took off. Oh yeah, I agree. Musically, it took off from there on out. A uh, couple, couple for me, low points, but we'll get into that when we get there. But, but there were way more high points. I'll say. It was just like maybe one or two parts of the show that I was like, eh, I could have done without that. But they way more than made up for. Let me put it this way: the songs that I came here. From the original set list I wanted to see, every single one of them, they played. Yeah. They didn't play no song. I did not, like, oh, man, I can't see this, and they, and they changed it for that. No, that didn't happen. So I was happy with that.
2: Uh, what was the next song after Head Flight? the Flight? Uh, the next song, we dipped back into the album before, which is, uh, admittedly, an album I'm not familiar with, and I don't know if I've listened to it all the way through, is Snakes and Arrows. Oh, yeah. But, uh... But a song I was familiar with on that album that I thought was really good called "Far Cry."
1: I love that song.
2: Yeah, that was a really good song, and uh, man, they did—they did a great job on that. And uh, you can tell what was really neat is watching—is is here's men all in their you know early sixties, but they were smiling, man. You—you you saw fucking uh, Alex looking at Getty. And Getty was still prancing around like he he he, he slapping the bass, but yeah. then he, he'd run all over the stage. He'd do that little prance he does, and Alex smiling, and oh my god, Neil was a was on point all fucking night. Holy shit! But Far Cry, uh, for, I, I'm glad for an album that I'm not that familiar with that they played that because I didn't know it, and I really enjoyed it. What do you think?
1: I think it is that their best song off that album, my my opinion. And I was glad if they were gonna pick any song from *Snakes and Ladders*, it was that one. And uh, now, something that we haven't discussed yet is there are albums that they
2: skipped. Yes,
1: which we will talk in. And you know, to me, it was a little disappointing because some of those albums I really love.
2: I agree, and Uh, and some I'm glad they skipped. and,
1: And yes, most I'm glad they skipped. (laughs) And one that they did not skip that I was very happy they didn't because I don't think it's a very well-received, like, well, it is a well-received album, but it wasn't, you know, it's like only Rush fans would know this somehow, you know. But we'll talk about that when we get there. But uh, Far Cry, great. It was great. They
2: played it awesome. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Two thumbs up. What's the next song? All right. The next one I would probably say was the low point of the whole show for me. And maybe it's because I'm not that familiar with it. Maybe I gotta go back and listen to it and I might enjoy it. But, uh, was an instrumental off of, uh, Snakes and Arrows called The Main Monkey Business. Yeah. And I just didn't think, like, they have some great instrumentals. And, to me, this was probably the least interesting one I've ever heard. But then again, I was unfamiliar with it. I, I will fully admit that. Um... And it wasn't bad. I mean, it's always great musicianship, but I wasn't familiar with it and nothing jumped out. So the low point of me was the main monkey business. What do you think, Rob?
1: Well, n- not for me because I am aware of that tune. And uh, and I mean, it wouldn't have been one that I would have picked for them to play, but I don't hate the song. I think it's a good instrumental. and It's no YYZ, but it's still good. And it kept me entertained. I, I
2: It wasn't really a low point for me. Low point... Well, probably the next What was the next one? Uh, The next one was when I actually stopped to go get a (laughs) t-shirt. Because I I had the set list. (coughs) And I know this is terrible. Like, I shouldn't do it. Because part of the thrill is not knowing what they're going to play. But in this day and age with the interweb, everybody knows everything. Yeah. But they surprised me here. I thought it was going to be One Little Victory. Off of the, now that now they've gone to Vapor Trails. And uh, I do love One Little Victory. But they changed it up. And they said, uh, you know, Getty was talking about like He goes, every once in a while we come across a song like, Hey, I forgot about that song. I really like that. How come we never played it? And uh, the song off of Vapor Trails was how, how It Is. And I cannot tell you one thing here or there about it. Because... That's when I got up and I decided now I'm gonna get because the lines for the merch I've never seen lines this long at a show. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Oh, it it was fucking I, and we went like on different floors and every yeah. every merch booth was you know a lot of Rush fans are nerds. I love you. I'm a Rush fan, but they're nerds who have a lot of money. Like you know they were not getting laid. They were like doing good in school and getting good jobs, and now they got money to spend and they were spending it cuz that merch was flying off the fucking shelves.
1: Oh yeah, and it was pricey. It was oh pricey. yeah.
2: Oh yeah, it was pricey. But I went out, I got I got me a program and I got a cup set. And, you know, Ralph, wow, Jesus Christ. You got what? Two shirts, a hat, and a program? And a program, yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know, I, you know, when we first got there, I got a shirt for the for the young uh, young man that I took there. And it was pretty, like, he couldn't decide which one. He's like, I like this shirt. I like that shirt. You know, and we're in line. I'm like, well, all right, right, we'll figure out what you want. And he's like, I want that shirt. And Ralph got the same shirt. It yeah, was like, well, awesome. The Farewell to King's Skull, yeah. The
1: Farewell to King's Skull. And uh, anybody out there knows that movie, uh, Over the Edge. Yeah. The kid wearing that shirt in that movie. You know, this is an old school shirt. And I tell you, when I looked through the shirts and I saw that, I go, I must have that shirt. Wow. You know? <laughs> with the crown, you know. I was like that, you know. I had the tour dates in the back, but then they had another shirt that was like, you know, the, the man. What, are they, what is the name of their logo with the, the star? and that's
2: no, star man.
1: Starman. man I, I don't know.
2: Like the print was all over the damn shirt. I yeah,
1: like, I want
2: that too. But but that was ten dollars, and your basic fucking shirt. Basic shirt was forty dollars.
1: That one was fifty. Yeah. And, and it went up. There
2: was a lot of expensive shit. The other thing reasonable, I got uh, the program was $20. Not bad for a program. I got no problems with that. Uh, Rush always does great programs. And I got a set of cups that uh, that I probably never use. Uh, but it's got the cover of the first Rush album. Uh, the other one's got moving pictures. And the other one's got the, uh, the logo for the tour, which is cool. Yeah, well, uh, and as
1: far as that song, what was it, How It Is, or whatever, How It Is? Yeah, what'd you think of it?
2: Two, uh, you I tell I was
1: very disappointed, to tell you the truth. That, to me, was one of the low points. Okay. Probably the low point. No, there's even a lower point coming up, which I know you liked. We talked about yeah. it. But, um, um, what do you call the, the I, I really, really love uh,
2: One Little Victory, that song. Yeah, that is a great song.
1: And I, you know, I bought Vapor Trails when it came out. And I remember putting that on, and when that song, you know, the first song on the album, that song just rules so hard. I always loved that song, but then the rest of the album didn't do anything for me. So I'm not familiar with that song. And when they did play the song, and I did listen with open ears, yeah, like,
2: it, it, it did slow it down because it was a yeah. slower tempo song.
1: And I was kind of like, no, it was a little kind of happy tune, but I was kind of like, uh. Eh. Yeah, this is not. This is how I remember the rest of the Vapor Trails album. All right.
2: Well, before we get to the next one, I gotta take a hot steamy piss. So why don't you fill the good listeners in? You can just talk about your trip to New Orleans, and when I get back, we'll get back to the show.
1: All right. Well, uh, when I got here the first night, uh, Ian, like you've heard, if you're all aware, Ian does live above a bar. So we went downstairs, had a couple beers. Then we took a cab to Bourbon Street, and man, that place is insanity. I live I live in South Beach, and uh, what do you call, you know, I, I, anybody familiar with, with South Beach knows, uh, you know, Ocean Drive. This is like Ocean Drive on steroids. Uh, it's crazy. It's like titty bar, regular bar, titty bar, regular bar, you know, and walking around with drinks in your hand, something that they don't do in South Florida. You can't. And uh, I got to say, I got quite polluted with uh, Ian there, you know, and uh, as you all know, uh, well, some of you know, I was told never to drink again a couple, well, a year ago because I had this pancreas problem, but I recently got the okay to have, you know, your occasional drink just because, just don't overdo it, and uh, I didn't, I, I wouldn't say I overdid it at Bourbon Street, but I got pretty fucked up where I knew I had to stop. And the same thing with last night, a few beers, and today, you know, uh, I'm pretty drunk as it is. I think I'm on my fifth beer, (laughs) and uh, uh, in the meantime, after these beers, I think I'm done, buddy. But you can keep drinking, and we're going to have some ribeyes.
2: Oh, yeah. It's going to be good. But now, back to the show. (laughs) Um, So, how it is. Uh, That was off Vapor Trails, and then they skipped Test for Echo, and, yeah, uh,
1: unfortunately, I yeah, love that album. Yeah. I love to
2: hear Driven or, or uh, the title track. Or, or Resist is another one I love res- of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they go to Counterparts. Uh, a great album.
1: That's the album that I said, okay, at least they are, uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, mentioning this album because I thought that was the album that got me back into Rush after a, a long I couldn't get into the past like, three four albums before that. Since Grace Under Pressure, I didn't like anything to Counterparts.
2: But uh, off of Counterparts, they play Animate. And and I, I love that. Oh, man. Good song. And they had a really neat video montage behind it. Where they have, you know, uh, Animate Me, Masturbate Me, fucking, I don't know. You know, there's a lot of songs that rhyme, whatever. But uh, you know they had all the words up on the screen and stuff, and the lasers going, and the song sounded tight as fuck, and uh, you know the presentation was great. And I love counterparts, but a lot of people like uh, you know when you hear counterparts, you think stick it out because it was a single and like ooh Russia's getting heavier again, you know. But animate me is a great, great song, and I think they played the shit out of it. What do you think, Ralph? Yeah, it was great. I loved it. Uh, um,
1: Yeah, what you were saying with the words in the background, and uh, yeah, and it also had like a little like a video of a screw and a nut, and the screw going into the nut. You know, like the yeah, yeah. Uh, That was pretty badass looking, and uh, yeah, man, it was uh, visually and uh, musically quite fetching.
2: All right. Well, then we say. we go into something I thoroughly enjoyed, but I got a feeling my co-host here is going to say something different. But we go well, into what do you it. mean?
1: What do you mean you have a feeling? I told you I didn't like
2: it. Oh yeah. All right. <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to keep the audience on edge. Uh, they go to the album before uh, Counterparts, which is an album I love, called Roll the Bones, and they played the title track, Roll the Bones, and. I love the shit out of this song. It was a lot of fun. And the funny thing is, the whole time it's playing, I'm like, what are they going to fucking do when it gets to the rap part? And they had this video montage that was fucking hilarious where it's Phil Rudd, Jason Segel, uh, Trailer Park Boys, Les Claypool, Tom Morello. Uh, God, what's the other dude's name? He was, He's in a lot of, like, the... Jason Siegel movies J something or other. But anyway, all these actors and musicians lip syncing the part to uh, uh to roll the bones. And the best was the trailer part, boys. If you're not familiar, you know, there's this character with some goofy glasses and shit, and it was the funniest shit. I was laughing the whole fucking time. I love the song. And man, everybody around there's a lot of people that enjoyed it. And everybody was laughing at the video montage. I thought it was fucking great. Uh, now for something completely different, we're going to go to Ralph Vieira.
1: <coughs> well, I'm not familiar with the Trailer Park Boys. Uh, no, I didn't I'm not familiar with Trailer Park Boys, but yes, that seemed to bring a laugh. Man, and that whole arena was laughing when they were showing fo- footage of those guys rapping. And, uh, but yeah, it's a song
2: that I never really liked. Go now, they skip uh, an album I love, Presto. They also skip an album I hate called Hold Your Fire. They skip another album I hate called Power Windows. <laughs> and then they go to an album that I do love called Grace Under Pressure. Now, what they were playing off of this was Distant Early Warning. Uh, normally, that's what they play. A great song. I've seen them do it a bunch. But they changed it up, and it was Between the Wheels. And I was like, holy shit. As soon as I heard that keyboard, it was like, donk. Dun, dun. I was like, oh my god! It was so awesome. Sounded, I've, I've heard him play it before, but man, it was a pleasant surprise. And really good. It, absolutely a deep track that I love off of uh, Grace Under Pressure. What do you think, Ralph?
1: Fuck yeah. I was very happy that they played this one. Like you said, I've seen them do uh, this early warning uh, quite a few times, which I... Believe me, if they would have thrown that out, I would have had no problem with that either, because that song rules. And this was, like, the end of Rush to me back in the day. Uh, it was up to this album, everything after I didn't care for it, so. And B- Between the Wheel is uh, is actually one of my favorite songs off the album. And uh, I'm glad they picked that album. I was like, all right, I'll aware of the set list. So I was expecting this an early warning. And even when Getty like, got on the mic, he go, okay, this is one off Grace Under Pressure. I was like, here we go. This is the early warning. So this one's called Between the Wheels. I was like, oh, whoa! Yeah, yeah no. You know, I and they know. played it so good. And it was awesome. I loved it. Uh,
2: but that didn't end the set, did it? There was oh, still a couple oh, more songs. Oh, no, no, right? there, there was one more song. And this is really where the show took off. I yeah, mean, this is
1: what this had, when the crowd This oh, yeah. song got the best reaction
2: so far the whole night. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, you've got... I mean, I mean, it's Rush. You've got a shitload of fucking Rush nerds that knew everything. But the next one was the last song of the first set prior to the intermission. And, of course, off of Signals, it was Subdivisions. And the place went fucking ape shit. Oh, my God. Yep. Not only did it sound amazing, they mixed in... Uh, New footage with footage from the original video. And, uh... Man, the crowd... Just ate it up. I mean, some divisions it's, it's fucking... It's awesome. It's uh, it's Rush through and through. Uh, kind of the end of the era for that part of Rush. You know, it's like a... I kind of look at like an album cycle. I look at, Uh... uh you know, Permanent Waves, Movie Pictures... And, uh, and, and, uh, Signals has, like, a three-album cycle, you know, and then the the next three, you know, it goes more and more keyboard and shit, but, uh, oh, man, what a way to end the first set. What'd you think, Ralph?
1: Yeah, I love Subdivision. uh, I love Signals. I think Signals is a great album. A little overrated, but I don't think it's a horrible album. I I mean, I think there's some really deep killer cuts on it, like, A lot of people don't talk about, like, Countdown, Analog Kid, uh, New World Man. I mean, there's a lot of good songs on that album. Not my favorite Rush album. I mean, I I do put it on time to time, and I do enjoy it, but, you know, I'll take movie pictures and everything under it over Signal. Actually, when Signals first came out, I saw the Signals tour, which was the last time I saw Rush till... Uh, Test for echoes. I don't know why I didn't go see Grace under pressure at that time. I it might have been financial, it might have been uh, I couldn't get a ride. But uh, for, after that, I had no. I could have seen Rush on that tour with Mr.
2: Big. I think that was hold hold older your fire. No, that was Presto. I saw. Okay, that. Presto. I
1: could have seen those shows, but I had no interest in them anymore. So it wasn't until I heard Counterparts I was like, ooh. But you know, I don't think Counterparts came down here. And then. Test for Echoes did. I went to go see the Test for Echoes tour, and I never missed a show. Every show they did in South Florida after that, I was there. And uh, and this one was playing Tampa, and I was making plans to go to Tampa in our uh, last week when me and Ian were doing the show. Well, no, two weeks ago, wasn't it?
2: It was uh, two weeks. No, yeah. it, no, it was a week ago, dude.
1: Yeah, uh, a week ago. Yeah. Ian, Ian mentioned they were playing here, and I go, "Whoa." I'm going to catch a plane ticket and go with you. That way I can see New Orleans for the first time. Because I was ready to go to Tampa. I was ready to go see the Tampa show, you know. But I figured, fuck it, I'll come here and see it, you know.
2: Yeah, no, I remember, I mean, we were talking about this months ago. And you're like, ah, oh, they're coming to Tampa, but i got to drive to Tampa. Yeah. And I, I don't know. And I'm like, dude, know. it's the last one. And then as soon as you saw the set list, that's when you changed your tune. That's team.
1: when I changed my mind. Because believe me, before the set list, I was like, I have no... And my now ex-girlfriend wanted to go and I was telling her no, I don't think so man, fuck Tampa. And you know, what is Rush gonna do any different than they've been doing? I mean I've seen them throw out Passage to Bangkok and you know some really cool shit through the years but they're not gonna do stuff like Cygnus, you know, so but you know, then when I saw that set list not only Cygnus and Lakeside Park and all that shit which we'll discuss later I was like, fuck, I have see this you know not just cuz it's the last chance cuz even if it was the last chance and they didn't have these songs I wouldn't want to go but that sold me those songs and uh subdivisions the last time I saw them was the opening song they opened the show with oh wow. wow on the uh, clockwork angels tour the opening song was
2: yeah seven. that that one didn't come to new orleans they <laughs> they hadn't been here since the time machine tour
1: Okay, I mean, if you would have asked me, I would have preferred Analog Kid, but yeah, that's fine. I saw them do Analog Kid, I think, on Snakes and Ladders, or maybe even the last ones. Uh, I oh. can't remember, Clockwork games I know they played
2: uh, Analog Kid one of the last times they saw him. But, anyway, but there, 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 there was, though. There was no denying. when dun, 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 yeah, I dun, that. Dun, dun. that place went Fucking ape shit. Yeah. Oh my God.
1: Because it was like all those non Rush nerds were like, whoa, finally a song I know. Yeah,
2: exactly. (laughs) But uh, that was the last song uh, before they took an intermission. Yeah. Uh, Probably about a 15 minute intermission. Yeah, it wasn't that long. Uh, Ralph wasn't sitting with us. Ralph was in, uh, was probably more, more in the center. Yeah, you were probably about 100 feet away. And, uh, but it wasn't sold out. It was, I would say, about 90% capacity. Wouldn't you say, Ralph?
1: Yeah, roughly, yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, but I realized there was an open seat next to me and nobody showed up. So we agreed we were going to meet up for the intermission. I told Ralph, I was like, fuck, dude, there's an empty seat. you got to come sit with us so we can watch the rest. And it. And it, it meant the world. Like, even the young boy we took, he was happy because he thought Ralph was pretty cool. And uh, it was great. So the three of us. After the first intermission, we got to watch the whole rest of the show together, and it, it just made the night that much better. That you know, I could enjoy it. Fucking Ralph's foot was top tapping nonstop next to me, man. I'm yeah, because the
1: second half, man, it went. Oh hard. my
2: god, it went full blast. Oh my god! So they come back after an intermission with uh, a little video they call "No Country for Old Hens." And oh, it was a, it was a combination of videos they've done over the last three tours. And not only those scenes, but it was also outtakes.
1: Yeah, mostly outtakes.
2: And the outtakes were fucking hilarious. Yeah, it was them fucking up lines and oh, stuff. Oh, God, it was funny. Really good. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. Uh, and, and, you know, a lot of people knew what was coming up next. It was it was so awesome. Cause, I mean, it was actually a pretty lengthy montage. It was probably about, I don't know, ten minutes or so. And then it ends with uh, with South Park. You know, and and Cartman saying, Fuck you, I'm Getty Lee. And I'm playing I know how Tom Sawyer starts. It starts like this. And then the screen rises up, like, right as South Park's getting ready to play it. Bam! It's fucking Tom Sawyer. And it's one of those, you know, no matter how many times you've heard Tom Sawyer, when Tom Sawyer is played fucking live, you lose your fucking shit because it's Tom Sawyer. And... Oh my god, I, I loved it And it sounded great and, and like you were talking about, the energy in that place Was amazing, because a lot of people <laughs> Know this is it There was generations of fans There, you know, old, young, people with their Kids, people with their grandkids Absolutely amazing uh, And it, it Was a magical moment, what did you think of Tom Sorry.
1: Yeah, I mean, seeing him play it A million times, kind of burnt out on the song But I don't, like you said, live it's
2: great, man. It's great,
1: and you know, I, you know, Neil Pert. A lot of people are amazed when Neil Pert says, uh, "Oh, you know, I'm always happy when we're done with Tom Sawyer because it's like, to him, it's like the most difficult song to play."
2: Yeah, if you listen to it,
1: I mean, it's not easy. No, it's not easy, and yeah, all those little drum roll parts to me, it always like, it always like fucking fires me up seeing Neil do that shit. You know, during Tom Sawyer, my favorite part of the song, really. And uh, and then they go into what was supposed to be Red Barchetta. Yeah. Which I love that song, and Ian doesn't. No, I do not. And then they go into, like, a real deep cut that I don't like off-movie pictures. Yep. And uh, a camera eye. And which, again, look, I dug it live because of nostalgic reasons. I saw them play it not too long ago, a couple, like Time Machine, they did the whole moving pictures album, so yeah, and I, and also, if you want to go old school, I saw them play that on the Exit Stage Left tour. Nice. I saw Moving Pictures tour, and they did not play Camera eye, but I did see Exit Stage Left in Lakeland, Florida, and they played Camera eye that night, so I have seen them play more than a few times. If you ask me, I would have
2: preferred Vital Signs. Yes, thank you.
1: Or Witch Hunt You know Or You know Even Free Will Or why, why
2: well, No no Well Free, free Will's on uh, I mean not Free Will Limelight Yeah I'm drunk I know it's <laughs> great It's great Isn't it fun Isn't yeah, it fun Yeah 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 Anyway uh,
1: So uh But It was still okay It's a long damn
2: song Yes, now, man. yes That it, song is so long It It is um, It's a nerd song it, it is a nerd song. What I'll say about it, though, I really enjoyed the video they had for it. Yeah, with, the background. Yeah. Because yeah, uh, we me and Ralph both kind of looked at each other because he knows I do not like Red Barchetta. And, uh, and we kind of look at each other, and, and I was thinking the same thing. He looks at me and goes, this sounds like camera eye. And I was like, it is camera eye. And I was like, and I said I was okay with that. Actually, I would rather hear... Camera Eye than Red Barchetta, but I'm still not a Camera Eye fan. I would have much rather heard fucking Vital Signs, YYZ, uh, Limelight, you hit the nail on the head there. You know, my least favorite songs are Camera Eye, Witch Hunt, and Red Barchetta. Those I are... love Witch Hunt. And and I I, I would I love Red Barchetta. I, I'm not saying that I hate them, but they are my least favorite. Well, maybe Red Barchetta I kinda hate. but I, I but, but, but Camera Eye and Witch Hunt are my least favorites on the album. And a lot of people don't like vital signs. I adore vital signs. God, I love that song, man. Um, favorite Rush
1: song, period. So,
2: so then, uh, and it was a weird reaction, you know. Uh, you know, you had some Rush nerds going ape shit. We had a funny fucking Rush nerd by us that was dancing the whole fucking time. Oh, that guy knew every word. Oh, oh, it was the and, and the most spastic white guy dancing. It was, it was. This was the widest audience I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. It was so white. There was there was some black people working the uh, the event, and they were wearing whiteface. It was terrible. It was so honkalicious. But it was it was it was a great show. I I did see one black dude that was totally into it. And I was like, awesome, awesome. You know. Uh, but for the most part, man, was it a fucking honky fest. But uh, but uh, after Camera Eye, they go into Spirit of Radio which uh, always goes over well. It's another one of those like, man, I, you know, I, you know, if I had my druthers I'd pick YYZ, you know. Because we all agreed this was the first time we saw Rush without them playing YYZ. Yeah. Uh, But Spirit of Radio got everybody into it. It was more about, it was more about that. It was more about, there was unity between the whole audience. Because there wasn't one person there that didn't know and couldn't sing along to the spirit of radio. You know, the... You know, everybody went fucking ape shit. Uh Really good. What'd you think of the spirit of radio?
1: I never, ever, ever, ever get tired of that song. That song is just magic to me. I guess it's because, I mean, we were talking about this last night. I can't remember the first time I discovered Rush, but if I was to guess, it was Permanent Waves. I think that was the first time I heard them, so and so. I guess that's why it makes it special to me. I love, I love that album. I mean, that that's one of my now that one blows away signals in my opinion. I mean, that's oh, what, I
2: agree, I agree too. One of their
1: best albums, man. That was you know kind of you know you were talking about moving picture signal. I even would put permanent uh, waves because permanent waves they were trying to get away a little bit from the whole long pieces right. and. So, you know, Permanent Waves and Moving Pictures and Signals were kind of like the three... Right. You know. Oh, you but, did say Permanent Waves, I Yeah,
2: think. yeah. But I, I prefer Permanent Waves over Moving Pictures. So think. do I. I think it's one of
1: my favorite albums. I mean, mine is very predictable. I mean, my, mine's 2112, but I love Fairwood of Kings almost as much. And uh, and perma- and permanent I love hemispheres and Permanent Waves, but... <laughs> I love everything from Rush all the way up to Signals. So let me put it that way. And some of the later stuff. I love Test for Echoes. I love Counterparts. Right. I love Stakes and Arrows. No, I didn't love Stakes and Arrows, but I loved uh, Clockwork Clock, Angels. Clockwork Angels, I loved. But anyway, anyway,
2: after After Spirit of Rail, what we forgot, you know, we moved on from you know the two songs from Moving Pictures. They went from Signals to Moving Pictures. And the spirit of radio start permanent ways, and then we go on to another one. I think was a huge highlight of the show. Yes, big time. Jacob Slatter. Hell yeah! Holy fuck! And <coughs> oh my god, the, the video for this, the lasers, yes. the music. Holy fuck! And and the pe- It was really neat because you know I look around. I'm like, okay, okay, you're a Rush fan. You're a Rush fan. I'm looking around. The smile on people's faces that really know and love Rush when they broke into Jacob's Ladder, it was fucking incredible. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, my God. It definitely, um, my, definitely my top five, probably, of the songs played.
1: Yeah, this- yeah, definitely one of the ones I was looking forward to from the setlist I saw. Uh, Jacob's Ladder, I have not seen them play that since the moving picture store. Another one of my, I mean, everything off permanent uh, waves. Like, like a few tours ago, they played natural science. And I was like, yes! Yeah. I love that. And al- uh, how do you pronounce that? Altru Nanu? Yeah, yeah.
2: I, I know what you're talking about. I'm not even going to embarrass myself. Intro- yeah. Intro or whatever the fuck it is. Uh, you know,
1: anybody that wants to correct me can go to fucking hell.
2: Uh,
1: and then we go into. And, and this is when, you know. I re- also want to say that they played
2: Jacob's Ladder in its entirety. Oh yeah, yeah, it yeah. wasn't no
1: half-ass like. Yeah. Oh
2: no, no, no! They did, they did the whole thing, and World, it was song. it was incredible. Yes, but then I was even more excited. As much as I love Jacob Slatter, my highlight. I knew now we're going to the fucking seventies. Yeah. Now we're going to my favorite era of Rush, and uh, it was *Cygnus X-1*, Book Two, Hemispheres Part One, Prelude. And that's all they played of it, but y- you know what? It's cool. They they played enough of it. You know, it w- would I'd love to hear the whole thing? Yes, but the way the way they played it was amazing. And you yeah. look around, and it was funny. You could really tell, like a whole new section of people were standing up, and now you're seeing older people stand up. And screaming and fucking happy and amazing and I was I was so happy and I was so proud. I'm like, that's a Rush motherfucker, you know. And I'm sitting there. I went and took a piss at one point. Uh, I, uh, it was probably during that How It Is or whatever. And uh, you know, one guy's like, Oh, I haven't seen Rush since '83. And then the, the the guy on the urinal, you know, to my left, was like, I haven't seen him since '79. Wow. And I was like, Holy shit. But to, to see like this older generation of rock fans uh, stand up and 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 knew, you know you know they're they're fucking shaping and fucking playing the guitar solos they knew every band they you know anytime there was lyrics they knew every lyric uh, this was you know when this show got you know almost became like a church service you know it was that fucking magical and that amazing you know I just kept looking over at Ralph. And from this point out, Ralph did a lot of filming. Yeah, and, and uh, I don't know how it turned out, but I'd love to see it. But yeah, man, I, 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 I just see you know, I, I I would look at I would look at you know the young man I took you know with us, and he knew more of like the '80s rush and stuff like that. So this part was kind of he didn't know these songs, but he was still having fun. But I'd look over at Ralph like they're fucking playing *Sickness* book yeah. two, brother. You know, like this is magical.
1: And what I did, this is what I did. So, you know, because I I like I don't like to film shows because it takes away from enjoying the moment. I totally agree. So what I did was I zoomed my camera into the screen and just, like, zoom it. And I have a really good steady hand because I'm sober. Uh, when I'm drunk, I can't do this. But And I just hold it still, and it's filming the screen, but I'm looking at them live. And I'm still, like, just getting so... I... See when this happens to me when they when I when I go see like a good example is when I saw Dio finally do Star and Rush doing Cygnus last night. What well, I don't like to thrash around, bang my head, and go crazy. I like to sit there, soak and it in, soak it in. Yeah, and just like look at it and, and with a stillness. I mean, there's some parts where I have to. I just have to like make a little movement, like da 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 da. I have to do a little movement, but my hand is still steady on that screen. So, whenever we have our YouTube channel lifted, banned, on this episode, I am going to attack all that footage, which I will talk about what other shit I filmed, because here's the thing, I didn't take no video camera, I took my regular camera, where the battery runs out quick, so I had to pick and choose what I had to film, and I had two little batteries, so I had like a good... 20 minutes worth of video footage I had to pick from. So, I knew Cygnus had to be one of them. And I did film... Then they did Cygnus 1, which was... I lo- That's my favorite.
0: Yeah.
1: Going into a drum solo, uh. go- going back into the end of Cygnus, which was... I filmed all of it, even the drum solo.
2: The whole damn thing. Oh, my God, man. When And the funny thing is, I've always been more of a, a Cygnus 2 fan. Right, Uh, And I've liked Cygnus X-1, but I was always much more into 2, and, you know, you and me were the opposite. Right. But, oh, my God, to hear, you know, Cygnus X-1, it was the Voyage parts 1 and 3 with the drum solo. Holy fucking shit, that drum solo. And I'm watching Neil, and he's not missing a fucking beat, but you can tell, like, it takes a little bit more for him to do it now. I, mean, I will I,
1: tell you this too And I don't know If you noticed this About his drum solo He threw in parts Of his All the world's The stage drum solo Yes He yes. threw in little parts Of that Which I've never Seen him do before He did some of those All the world's a stage Like Ladies and gentlemen The professor on the drums Like that That drum right. solo Where he's doing that, th- that that little bell thing
2: He did it last night It was well, fucking phenomenal Here's another thing We haven't talked about That I thought Was highly entertaining Uh when Rush first comes out, there's all this shit on the stage. All this, oh, shit. Cause, yeah, because yeah. if you know the last couple tours, you know they've got the rotisseries, they've got the washing machines, they've got all this shit, popcorn, and, yeah. And they had, um, <laughs> they had, they had, the washing machines again last night. Oh yeah, oh well, yeah, they, they mixed everything, and because the whole thing was a trip back in time, so yeah. Like, while a lot of the songs are playing, they got guys in red suits that look like the people on the cover of fucking, uh, movie, movie pictures. pictures. Yeah. They're changing shit, moving shit around on stage. They're
1: taking amplifiers yeah, yeah. out.
2: Yeah, yeah, they're taking them out and moving them and putting them around. And then as as it goes deeper and deeper, then they remove all the bullshit. Then it's just amps.
0: Yeah.
2: And then the amps slowly go away. And by, by the encore, there was nothing on stage at all. Just those three. Except those three. But we'll get into that because there's something right. special
1: about that part, too. Right.
2: But, uh so anyway, so we talked about Cygnus Book X2. You talked about Cygnus X1. Uh, the drum solo I'd like to talk about was absolutely amazing. Uh, I saw last year I got to see Motley Crue on their farewell tour. And Tommy Lee does what is visually an incredible solo. He comes out on a fucking... It's like a roller coaster that goes out into the crowd. The effects are amazing. The drum solo was fucking horrible. Justin Childers will tell you this. If you're fucking, uh, you know, lonely enough to call that fucking holo. Uh, He'll tell you how bad a drum solo it is. And it was. It was a horrible... It was a visually awesome to look at. The drum solo was horrible. The drum solo last night by Neil Peart made Tommy Lee sound like fucking Ricky Rocket. I mean, it was fucking amazing, on point. Ralph brought out, you know that he, you know, there's parts that he plays off of all the worlds of stage. And uh, and another thing we didn't mention is, uh, as it, as the show goes on, they they tone down his drum kit too. He has a much bigger drum kit for the first set. And with the second set, you know, they, you know, he's got the the double bass with the fucking the, you know, the, the Starman from Twenty One Twelve. And. Uh, but they bring out different stuff, like he's got all the bells behind him. And that's... I, I thought that was amazing, because there's so many songs where it's like... Dum, dum, dum. You know, he's hitting those bells. And then that fucking 60-year-old man would fucking spin around real quick, and bam, get right back with, on the kid. And he'd have that mallet. Yeah. It's like oh. a hammer. Oh, he'd, man. He'd a hammer to hit those bells. And you know? then he would turn around and not miss a beat and go back to the fucking, you know, the drums. Yeah, he'd have to jump up. He'd have yeah. to stand
1: up, yeah. go behind himself, and play those things, and then sit back down and get back into it. Oh, Which he, d- he did a lot. Yeah. With the songs
2: following. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, so after, you know, the awesomeness that was Cygnus 1 and 2, it goes into a song that historically I do not like. I've never been a fan of. And that's Closer to the Heart. But. I appreciate that it was played because it is important in Russia's history and I'll tell you what Closer to the Heart last night was absolutely fucking amazing the best I've ever heard I've never been so happy to hear that song in my life I enjoyed the piss out of it the crowd absolutely ate the song up uh, and Closer to the Heart incredible what would you think Ralph?
1: I, I've always, as you know I've always loved this song We did a review on Farewell to Kings, right? I think we did. Mm -hmm. And I remember, yeah, you didn't like it. I love that song, if you listen back. And, yeah, again, what I was saying earlier, how he jumped back and started playing those little bells with the hammer.
2: Yeah, yeah, it
1: was awesome. It was just amazing. And and, uh, to me, that song, everything about the song, to me, is magical. The music, everything. But to me, the greatest part of that song are the lyrics, you know? If you listen to those lyrics, it's very, I mean, especially for Rush, it's kind of like a very heartfelt, no pun intended, song. You know, it's, uh, I don't know, it's it's a great, it's almost like a Rush love song without being a love song. But. Keep going, I'm gonna piss. Alright, but, uh, and I'll go into the next song too. While you're piss, hey, this time when Ian takes a piss, he can actually hear me what I'm saying. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, uh,
1: yeah, the bathroom's near me. <laughs> I'm out in the living room. He's in the bathroom. So. He's, I mean, he's out in the bedroom. That's how we're doing this show. Anyway, so uh, that was beautiful. And then we go into again, just like Jacob's ladder. They did not edit anything off. The most unbelievable. One of my favorite. I'd have to put it in my top three. Rush songs of all time Xanadu Wow I mean the long ass Intro with the, I mean it wasn't No let's get into it already Alex did every little thing With the knobs The lasers It was just fucking magic Them playing that song and And again all that Shit that That, uh, that Neil Peart does with the with the bells and the chimes and all that shit. Oh my god! I, you know, I, just to see Xanadu in its entirety was worth the admission alone. It was oh, you fucking unbelievably ain't right, unbelievably amazing. And just to see Getty, you know, that was the one point of the show where finally, like, I was, I was, I wasn't filming. But I was looking at it and I was thinking to myself, that was the first time during the whole show I thought, this may be the last time I'm seeing these guys. And it was like during the part where Getty goes, and I will dine on Honeydew and drink the milk of paradise. And I just listened to him say that while I was thinking that at the same time. And thinking how special this fucking band is. You know, this band is like... For me, they're... And and you know, it's weird because they kind of transcend... You know, audiences because I don't consider myself a nerd. I get laid on a regular basis. You know, I'm not like your typical, you know, Russian. Well, obviously, because I'm not into the synth, synth stuff. <laughs> But you know, shit like Xanadu is very nerdy, but it still appeals to me. But and it's also that song has all these like twists and turns. But there's parts of that song that's fucking heavy metal. It gets heavy. You know, and, and here's another thing that I love about the all the uh, it's only it only lasts a second, but what I love so much about Xanadu on exit stage left is that one part of the song where it goes, and then Neil goes, bah, 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 and then it goes right back into the song where the studio version it goes, and it remains silent.
2: Is so that, when is that the shit they call Boonsbane or whatever that they mix? No, Boonsbane oh, uh, is the acoustic piece before the trees. Okay, I can't remember. And
1: uh, Exit Stage Left with Exit, Look, man, and I know I'm gonna get a lot of bullshit for this, but I love Exit Stage Left more than All the Worlds of Stage, and I worship All the Worlds of Stage. But there's something about Exit Stage
2: Left. I don't know, man. All right. Well, what, what, you know, the funny thing is, I was thinking about this. When we're done with this we're, we're gonna have a cookout Man I'm making some fucking Got some juicy ass ribeyes I got some green onion sausage We doing up some fucking Rice and rolling the San Francisco treat Yeah And I'm thinking like We need to listen to Exit Stage Left Let's put that whole album on man. Yeah that's I'm what I'm saying I, I got this amazing Sound system That came in the other day While Ralph was here Yes it's awesome It lights off <laughs> and shit Oh my god we're gonna put that on my back patio and listen yeah. to fucking uh, Exit Stage Left in its entirety. That's our plan.
1: Yes, let's do that, man. And nice. uh, I so you know I, I wonder if anybody out there knows what I'm talking about. That little drum where he goes boom, bop boom, bop. It's just a little little thing that lasts only like two seconds in the song that I always loved from uh, uh, Exit Stage Left. Well, they did it again last night, but even faster, which I even thought was better. The exit stage. I'm talking about something that only lasts two seconds, people. Well, last (laughs) night it was a second, and it's just magical to me. I don't know why, it's weird. That's what makes me a nerd. (laughs) When I think of that drum beat, I don't think of vagina,
2: (laughs) I I think of Justin Chowders. Yeah, (laughs) I don't think of cock either. Yeah, that's why I said you think of Justin Childers. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, let me tell you something. Xanadu, uh, I have seen them play that before. Uh, I even—I could be wrong, but I think they played that in one of the
2: recent tours, or maybe... Yes. Rackos, or one of the... Uh, they played, I believe, on the Time Rush Machine. Rush 30? Uh, I time know, Machine? Yeah, it was either... Uh, it was, I know for sure it was on uh, Rush 30 that uh, I saw. But <coughs> the funny thing is, I was looking up... You know, while I was taking a piss and I'm hearing these guys talking, I was thinking, I was like, holy fuck, it's been 25 years since my first Rush show. And my first Rush show was the fucking Presto Tour. And I didn't even know until I looked up the set list, because I knew Rush, but I wasn't huge, huge into Rush yet. But they played Xanadu at that show and I don't even remember. You know what I remember? (laughs) The funniest thing, what I remember the most, besides the hooker that gave me head on the way home uh, in the limo, was they played Manhattan Project. I didn't like that song. I was like, I, I hate this. that song. I was like, this song sucks. Yeah, that's a horrible song. But, uh, man, I'll tell you what. Xanadu, uh, definitely, in probably top five, maybe top three Rush songs of all time. I, I have a question. Yes, sir. Manhattan Project or Judgment Day? Manhattan Project. Fuck yeah. <laughs> i put you all the way there. <laughs> Judgment Day sucks. It's horrible. Oh, fucking uh, not Abby, my dude Xanadu. Oh my god! And the, my favorite part of that was every time that 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 Getty would be like Xanadu, the smile on his face was oh my god. I I mean the, the joy. Like I mean these were three guys that really, really looked happy last night, and he was like you know. New Orleans, how are, and they, you know, they they changed, like, some cartoons where they show them coming into New Orleans. You know, I'm sure they do it for every city, and that's great, but it made it special for everybody there. You know, like, there's something that made it unique about the New Orleans show, and, uh, man, these were just guys. You know, you get this vibe that, uh, Alex and Getty really don't want to stop. But Neil does. But, I mean, here's the thing. You know, in a lot, of, you know, if you're listening to this, chances are you're a huge uh, Rush fan. And you know the story. Uh, Neil lost his teenage daughter in a car wreck in the late 90s. A year later, he lost his wife to cancer. Uh, and he went through a real dark period, Rush didn't do anything. And uh, since then, Neil has remarried. And he had another daughter. His daughter's like five years old now. And he knows that anything could be taken away from him at any minute. Uh, You know, he's an older man with a younger child. He wants to spend every minute he can with this child. So he doesn't want to be on the road. He doesn't want to be away for three months at that age. I get that. Plus, a drummer of his esteem and everything... It's getting harder for him to do it at sixty. I love that this is probably the farewell tour. And I totally respect that. And I know it might be a little hard for Alex and Getty, but you know what? They gave us forty years of fucking awesome entertainment, you know, you know, concerts and albums that that we will listen to forever. And hopefully our children will listen to forever. So if they end like this, that's great. But there is hope that they still might record. Which I think is incredible, because look at Clockwork Angels.
1: Yeah, they still got it, man. For, for, they still for, got it.
2: For, some, for, for, a, for a band this late in the fucking game, you know, you, you want to hear Clockwork Angels or you want to hear fucking Monster? You know, Clockwork Angels is a great fucking album by a band that's still hungry... That still cares. They're not just putting out something to tour. They're putting out something they believe in.
1: It's not, and and, and the beautiful thing is, it's not because they're hungry. They're they're very content and happy. But they're true musicians. Oh yeah, but I mean, it's not. They're not doing it to prove a point. They're doing it to satisfy themselves. And by satisfying themselves with Clockwork Angel, they sure the hell satisfy me too.
2: And and and, and the songs they played off Clockwork Angels, even the ones that I thought like, okay, maybe that's not a great opener. It's but still a good song. They were playing it, and Alex is singing background and everything, and, like, the whole band believes in what they're doing.
1: And it's like it's like they made the goulash, man, yeah. that, 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 that I found very
2: tasty. Oh, I, I, I love goulash. I
1: love yeah, goulash. Yeah, unlike I like Judgment Day. That shit tastes like dog shit. <laughs> that shit's terrible. Hey, th- here, and here's another. Look, not only am I drunk. All right, Dad.
2: I, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right.
1: Not only am I drunk for the first time on the the podcast, but I'm going to do something that I've never done before either. What's that? And this is groundbreaking. I'm going to let Ian talk, because I'm going to go take a piss.
2: Nice! Holy shit! Fucking Dr. Funk's got to take a piss break. Man, I hope he can, you know, I hope he hits the seat, you know. Or not, doesn't hit the seat. But anyway, people, Xanadu... Look, look I'm hearing <laughs> Oh, don't piss in the bedroom. I'm drunk as fuck and I gotta pee. <laughs> That's why I gotta go to the bathroom. I gotta pee. <laughs> That's awesome. But, uh... So then we get done with Xanadu, which we agree was a total fucking high point for the awesomeness. And then we get into 2112. Holy fucking shit. They played parts one, two... I believe four and seven, you know, we'll talk about it as a whole. I really, honestly, if you're going to do all this, I really wish you'd just play the whole fucking, you know, play all fucking 21 minutes of it. Uh, But oh my God, it was so good. It was so good. It was so neat to hear um, shit other than, you know, Temple of Syrinx and the Overture, which, you know, that I've heard multiple times. But to hear shit like presentation and grand finale, uh, amazing. But uh, I'd really, I I would like to hear the whole thing. And a little bone of contention uh, 2112 is my favorite album. I would have loved to hear lessons, you know, passage to Bangkok, Twilight Zone. Holy fucking shit, Twilight Zone. One of my favorite fucking. Oh my god. I think I talked about this on the Rush episode. Get some primo fucking weed. Some really good fucking Chiba. You know? If you can. If you're old enough. You know. Get the best fucking weed you can and listen to Twilight Zone with some really good fucking headphones. Uh Real Talk. I mean that's that's fucking rush to me. Both me and Ralph agree 2112 is our favorite album. But uh them playing the parts and, you know and they did play the meat of the matter. But uh, I would have rather heard the whole thing. But 21-12, uh, people lost their fucking shit. I know I did. What do you think about 21-12, the, the I, whole sweet I, I got
1: to tell you, um, I, I believe it was the Test for Echoes tour where they did play the complete side they, they, they did. They did, and I missed that. I, and I missed that's, that man, at least I got to see them do that, right? So uh, it didn't really disappoint me last night. Uh, they played... Pretty much my favorite sections. I love the what was the name of the I mean they did
2: you know uh twenty one twelve. Yeah, they Overture Tempo Series the presentation. The
1: presentation
2: what, that's, that's oh that's, that's, that's
1: like that's, my other than Tempo Series and the twenty one twelve, that's my favorite one. Oh yeah. Along with the,
2: the, the final yeah. The we, have my, we have yeah, assumed control. We have a control. They played my
1: three favorite my four favorite pieces of side. It's like they knew. That's why they kept looking at me.
2: But what, what I was saying, while you went tinkle, uh, I I really wish they would ignore the rest of the album because I would have loved to hear lessons something for nothing, Something
1: for nothing. Uh, yeah, Twilight, uh, Twilight Twilight Zone. Zone. Oh my god! They have played Passage to Bangkok on previous tours. I have
2: seen them do. I, that. I I know. I was fucked up. I I looked up some shows. I went and saw, and what they did on the Rush Rushler, it was part of that medley. But I would, you know, I hate
1: fucking medleys. <laughs> no, I, they played I, the c- complete passage of Bangkok during an encore in one of those last uh, amphitheater shows. Yeah, yeah well, that might have
2: been it the may one been. have been Snakes and Ladders. Yeah, see, I missed that one.
1: See, that, that, they did, I remember it was the encore, and they played the complete song. And I do believe it's on one of those DVDs they put out. I, which, by the way, I want to plug the box, the, the, the big-ass book. That cost me like a hundred bucks.
2: That has all those Rush shows yeah. on Blu-ray. Well, actually, it's it's on sale on Amazon right now through our Amazon link.
1: All right, I highly recommend it because not only do you get all the shows in this really killer book that shows like a lot of cool pictures and stories, but it brings a bonus Blu-ray that has the full 2112 show, that black and white show, without cause for years, you've been able—you've been able to get that, but it had like E12 in the middle of the screen. Well, now it has. Then they watermarked it, but now it doesn't even have the watermark. You can see it in all its glory, and the the, the full show with John Rutsey which I think was like a high school gym, and uh, just a, and a lot of cool little like extra stuff that you can't see anywhere else. Highly recommend that man. Go get that that book, man. Come on, spend that money. On our Amazon link. <laughs> exactly. So then we go and and they. Well, that's the end of the show. Well, now, th- th- well, you know, one thing I didn't mention. I mean, what what kind of one-two punch is it when you fucking play Xanadu <laughs> yeah. right into twenty-one oh, twelve? It's like, man. please allow me to catch my. Well, fucking well it, it's
2: not even that. You go from like I mean, I mean, seriously. I mean, look at the whole second list: Tom Sawyer, <laughs> Camera Eyes, Spirit of Radio, Jacob Slatter. Cygnus Book Two, Cygnus One, Close to the Heart, Xanadu, and Twenty One Twelve. I mean, I mean, holy fucking shit! But, but no, no, then, but, but
1: at least they let us breathe for like, oh yeah, four minutes because yeah. what came next?
2: Oh my god! I
1: fired up the video camera again, and not only everything that
2: happened from here on out, I filmed. Oh my god, and everything a- a- after, you know, the We have a control. We have a super control. And, yeah. a super control. After then, that then, then Eugene Levy comes on as Mel you know, Mel I mean, Rock.
1: I gotta say, this was so special. The way they presented this, oh, it, the way it was, it was fucking
2: gorgeous. He, Go ahead, tell them what
1: Eugene said.
2: Oh, it was so. He comes out in character. He's like, he's like, oh, he goes, uh, you might know this band. They're going places. He goes, they've opened up for Kiss. Yeah. <laughs> you know. and Then he goes. He goes. Hopefully, uh, here pretty soon they get some more members because everybody knows you can't do anything with a three piece. He's All like, right. I hope they get a horn section or something. And uh, it just everybody's laughing and smiling. The fucking curtain goes up and bam! Right into Lakeside Park. Holy fucking shit!
1: I filmed that.
2: Oh, I filmed
1: everything from here on out. Willows
2: and the breeze. Oh my god! It was so. It was amazing. Lakeside Park, one of my favorite deep cuts. And I, I read somewhere uh, that I can't remember. I wanna say Neil, but I could be wrong. I heard one of the members like just hated this song, and I think it's Neil because Neil did not like the lyrics. Like thought it, you know, compared to everything else and and it is kinda different, but I I, I love how it just talks about, you know, hanging out in this little fucking park in fucking Canada. You know, like, how could you be sad if you're in Canada? You know, everything's free. You know? Shit.
1: Yeah, uh, that, that was fucking uh, amazing. I mean, I... And look, uh, I'm talking... To, you're talking to a guy that saw Rush all the way in 1980. What they played here on out, with the exception of one song, I've never seen them play before. And we were talking deep motherfucking cuts. And after they played Lakeside Park... Oh, they still—they were up there pretending to be an opening act. Yeah. Because by that time there was nothing on the stage. Yeah. They—they
2: they took every little bit of costume dressing or everything. Everything. Everything is removed. It—it I mean, it was like a bare fucking stage. Yeah.
1: It looked like an opening act.
2: Yeah. Oh, it was amazing. It and was, he said, okay. "Hi, everybody. We're Rush." Kenny was
1: up yeah. There. <laughs> uh, welcome, everybody. We're Rush. Here's a song from our debut album.
2: Yeah. And well, they, well no, 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 no. Well, no, no, the. No, 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 no. The next song was off the second Oh, wait,
1: wait, wait. Yeah, you're right. Then they went into Anthem.
2: Oh, my God. What I loved is uh, Getty and Alex both were playing. Uh, I'd never seen uh, Alex do this. It was like a Telecaster or a Stratocaster that had a Paisley cover and then fucking Getty had a bass that had the same Paisley design on the front as they ripped into Anthem. It was fucking amazing.
1: Was that the song where they showed footage of them playing different instruments. Like, Getty was on drums and Neil was on guitar.
2: Oh, no, what was that? Was that, or maybe that was like earlier in the show. Yeah, that was earlier in the show. What was that? That was Tom Sawyer. That was, yeah,
1: you're right. And it was so hilarious because, yeah because uh, Neil was pretending to do a guitar solo. Oh, and, yeah. Oh, and Alex was doing the bass. And, oh, Alex was doing the bass and the way he made fun of Getty was yeah. fucking hilarious. And even before that happened, they had footage of three monkeys yeah. playing, playing instruments. <laughs> which was fucking funny as fuck. forgot oh, awesome. to mention that. But Anthem, yes, another one of my favorite fucking rock songs of all time. Oh, God. Of course, Getty can't hit those high notes anymore, but it was still... But it still sounded good, though. It still though. sounded good. He still did a still, great effort. The, 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 he, the emotion out, was
2: behind it. It, worked. And, it and, worked. and then the part that you were talking about, where <laughs> Yeah, it it like, goes, we want to do a song off our debut album. And they go into what you're doing? My God. Oh. I was like, holy oh, fuck, shit! A,
1: a song I've never seen them play live. Always been a top favorite. I love that's another one. Signals are the first Rush album. Don't even go there. Oh man, that first Rush album. I'm sorry, I know Neil Peart's not on it, but that's one of the greatest fucking albums ever. What one of my favorites? definitely in my top Definitely, definitely up there, man. I'd, put, I'd have to put
2: that right next to Fairwater
1: Kings. Oh, in, in, in
2: my top five albums. Yeah, But permanent ways. What waves. you're doing was so amazing. Now, the only one that I really like to me signifies a great Rush show that they didn't do, but I had seen them do it in the past, so I didn't make a fucking stink, but In the Mood. I would I would have loved to hear In the Mood. But...
1: In the Mood was a song that, man, they would never, it was never off the set list for many, 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 many years. And yeah. sometimes, they wouldn't play Working Man and play just in yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. and Which was weird. But, hey, baby, it's a quarter to eight. I feel like I'm in the moon. <coughs> they I love, love that song. Oh, I love it. But, you know, I wish it would have been there. But, oh, my God, to hear Lakeside Park Anthem and what you're doing.
1: I, I, I accept the change.
2: Oh, oh, yeah. And then to end it, The only way they could the out the the song that got them where they were the first one that made a dent one of the greatest songs of all time Working Man yes and it was it was incredible and there was such like um like a melancholy feel because everybody knew like everybody was so happy to hear about Working Man (coughs) to to hear it because everybody knows it you know it's the last song. But then there's a little bit of sadness, you know, and I've you know it's like you know I wasn't crying because I was sober, but there's a part of me is like this is the last time.
1: Yeah, I, this ain't this ain't kids.
2: Yeah, yeah, this this is the last time, probably because I mean, and, and you know, I'm not saying they might not do a show in Toronto, but chances of me being able to afford to like go see a weird show in Toronto is very unrealistic. So in most cases. This is the last time I will ever see Rush, and I got I got my good friend uh, Ralph next to me. I got an incredible boy next to me, Kobe Leeming. Uh, you know, wishing his dad was there with us and stuff. You know, it was a magical yeah, moment.
1: It was, it was very special having I, that boy there. Yeah,
2: yeah, I was I was I was very happy because here's another generation of a future, you know, a rock fan. There, uh, it was so. Bittersweet, and I was so happy yet sad at the same time. Uh, well,
1: I could tell you this: uh, if Rush does come again to New Orleans, they didn't—they didn't trick you. Yeah, because it was. This is not a farewell tour. They're saying, "Hey, you know what? This yes. may be it, guys. I mean, yes. look, we have these situations, and I don't think we're gonna be doing this anymore. But maybe they will, and maybe what they'll do is they'll play New Orleans." In Jacksonville, and like you know, maybe five dates instead of twenty. You know what I mean? Maybe they'll knock it down to five, six d- dates, or maybe they won't do it a- at all anymore. But at least they're not billing this as a farewell tour,
2: you know? Right. Well, it's not their style, you know.
1: No, they're more they're they're honest. They're, they're unlike unlike Paul Stanley. <laughs> see, see, uh, Ace really said, I, I, "I'm not in kiss anymore" because I took the farewell tour series. Anyway. Uh, uh, For me, yeah, Working Man, man. Come on. Uh, Here's a little thing. I don't know if you're aware of this, Ian. When I saw Rush for the very first time on the Moving Pictures Tour, did you know that they played Working Man that night? They did it in a reggae version.
2: Uh, I have heard they did that um, when I saw them on the Time Machine Tour. Oh, they Uh, did? Yeah, at the end. They broke it up and changed it. Like the end of it, like midway through, they did a reggae version. And it was incredible, it was fun. There were some people like, what the fuck is this? But I'm like I enjoyed it for what it now, was.
1: The way they did it in the movie picture tour, it was all reggae.
2: Yeah. Oh, oh started, the whole thing. The whole oh, thing wow. was
1: great except the guitar solo. Then they went into regular mode. I'm sure I'm sure there's somebody out there with bootlegs from the moving picture uh, tour that can pull that up. Uh, it's I remember I remember vividly they were playing the reggae thing and I'm listening and then all of a sudden I remember it was my friend Angel Marlowe who's still on my Facebook he he turned to me he goes dude that's working man when when Getty started singing is that but get- oh no yeah he was like working good you know whatever you know the opening line is I'm drunk and I know this song by heart uh, <laughs> nine o'clock punch in get myself a cold beer see I can't hardly remember it now yeah. but he was saying oh, that no. in, a reg- in a reggae way And I was like, and I was very, very disappointed. I was like, oh, come on, man. Play Working Man. See, Working Man is a very special song to me because Working Man, I remember vividly, the very first time I heard Working Man was on the radio. And I remember, like it was yesterday, I heard this song on the radio. I was like, and I knew it was Rush, obviously, because of the voice. I heard Working Man, I go... I need to find this fucking album. I didn't know what album it was on. So I went to the record store and they had the first Rush album there. Turned around and saw Working Man, walked out and bought the album. And that sold it to me. And to this day, that first Rush album is one
2: of the greatest debut albums ever. Oh, man. I remember the first time I acquired Working Man, it was my sister's cousin's brother's proctologist. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah. He dubbed it on tape for me. May 14th, 19. 85? Oh,
1: yeah, you were there. 2.30 uh, in the afternoon. In the, 45 seconds. Yeah, half. in the PM. It was, I remember it was almost 2.46. It was like 15 yeah. seconds
2: to 2.46 uh, when you concur. Oh, no, I concur. I concur. All All right, right. I, go ahead. Uh, but that that is it. It
1: was an amazing it wasn't show. It. it wasn't it. They did something after
2: working oh, there. Oh, that yeah. Was,
1: what, uh, what was that, that riff they were playing? Yeah.
2: Uh, the, garden. the guard, the guard, the garden, the garden from Clockwork Angels. Yes, right? yes, yeah. They, that I knew it was that.
1: I yes. was like, oh, I know this. And yeah, it was that really that, cool that, was,
2: it. that was the outro. It was a guard, and then they, they did have another great video where it's that done, was uh, to me the best video of all. They, they they went backstage and they're trying to get their dressing room, and uh, who opens the door? But like uh, you know, the, the
1: mannequin, the, the puppet from uh, Clock, uh, uh Fairwater Kings.
2: Kings. And, and then you look in there, you know, it's got the guy throwing fire from Hold Your Fire. It's got the chick with the dress from Permanent Wave. Waves. I mean, e- every. I, I, I love that. the steel guy. Yeah. I, I loved how the the dog from fucking Signals sniffed the ass of the Starman from fucking yeah. <laughs> 2112. And, and the and guy they, in the they, painting they, of they, they, from Yeah. Him. They wouldn't let Rush into their own dressing room. It was great. Yeah. it was was amazing amazing way to end it had like
1: images of all their albums,
2: and and it shows the the humor and the fun of rush and uh, man for for a band that has every reason to be uh, self-indulgent and high on the horse they are very humble uh, just regular working-class men who just happen to be exceptional musicians that never lost one bit of integrity even if they did some albums that you didn't like and they did a few albums that I don't like I honestly believe they've never done anything that was a sellout it's just what they were feeling at that time right or wrong and I respect that and uh, and that's why I think you should respect Rush even you know Mr. T from Germany I know you're listening and you hate Rush but you're wrong Okay, you're wrong Rush is pretty fucking awesome I love you, Mr. T from Germany though. but uh yeah it was it was an amazing show, and to get to share it with you, Ralph, and 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 with Kobe, uh, man, it was a uh, it was a moment I'll remember forever. It was really good. Exactly, man. We
1: got drunk on music.
2: Yes, we did. Yes, we did. And then, intoxicated. Yes, and then and then we're going to talk about this a little bit later. We had a really fun post show. Yeah, but we'll get into that. But that was our Rush concert experience. And uh, now let's go into Pick of the Week. What do you say? I am all for that, my friend. All right. I will go first. Okay. My Pick of the Week is, uh, I think, the last great album by a band I really love, and that is Wasp. Uh, Very important to me. You know, a lot of people laugh at them, but I I think they're a great band. But uh, to me, I remember riding my bike to Chicago Records and wait for them to actually open so I could go by The Headless Children. Uh, you know, uh, Blackie was trying to get away from, uh, you know, the silly type sex and, you know, that kind of lyrics. And he started to take himself a little bit too seriously on this album. But some songs really benefited by that. Songs like The Heretic, The Lost Child, and The Headless Children, and... You know, there's some really good shit on here. Oh, Forever Free is a great ballad. Uh, And oh my God, there's some amazing uh, B-sides on here too. Uh, Cover Locomotive, Breath," That's awesome. For Whom the Bell Tolls, why that wasn't on the album, I'll never know. Uh, It's it's, it's a really good album and and the last great Wasp album to me. Uh, At this time, Steve Riley had already jumped ship to join LA Guns. So it was just Chris Holmes, uh, Blackie had already switched the guitar, they had Johnny Rod on bass, and uh, Frankie Benali played drums on this album, and he did an incredible job. Ken, he- uh, Ken Hemsley from uh, Uriah Heep played some keyboards on this. Uh, really good. A lot of people talk about the next album, The Crimson Idol, is like, oh, that's uh, that's, that's the pinnacle. Uh, no, to me, that's a horrible, horrible, you know, Blackie solo album where he thinks he's fucking Pete Townsend, but he's nowhere near it. But anyway, I enjoy Heaven's Cross immensely. Uh, if you like Wasp, check it out. If you haven't heard in a while, buy you a new copy on our Amazon link. You know, we'll <coughs> Charge it to uh, Terrence's dad. What you think, Ralph?
1: God damn it. Stop Terrence. Stop mentioning Terrence. All right. Uh, I'm going to start finding you every time oh, shit! you, you mention oh, that you. Um... <laughs> I think Heaven's Children is definitely their second best album, right after the debut album. Uh, wow,
2: I think you like it better than Last Command, huh? Way
1: more. Wow. Okay. Last
2: Command, I think we reviewed it, didn't we? Yeah, it? we did,
1: we did. I wasn't too fond of a lot of those songs.
2: <laughs> I th- I think that album is very overrated,
1: like you say about Crimson Idol. I, I I think it's better than Crimson Idol, but I like Crimson Idol. But I like Last Command more. But I like Heaven's Children more than anyone except
2: for the debut
1: that album, that first song, man. What is that?
2: Oh, yes, that song. yeah. Uh, uh, heretic, lost track. heretic. Oh, that's an that's awesome. The song. title track's my favorite. Yeah.
1: Uh, Thunder. What uh, is it? Thunderhead. Thunderhead. Mean uh, man.
2: Mean man. man. Yeah.
1: Uh, Rebel on FDG. Yeah. Uh, nuke, uh nuclear Bonnie. Uh, N- N- Neutron bomber. Neutron bomber. Yeah. That, that album. I wasn't too crazy about the ballad. I like Forever, Forever Free. I like that it. It's alright. I thought there were better ballads on uh, Crimson. I don't believe it. Yeah. Uh, uh, but but yes, a great great pick. I I would have picked it myself. Uh, but I love it. I think it's a great album. Speaking of second favorite
2: album, all right, you, you get it. I got I got to take a fist down. All right, my my,
1: my second favorite album from Dokken is my pick of the week, and it all uh, just about everybody out there will say, whoa. That's not my favorite second favorite Dawkins album. You know my my
2: uh, Now I get to fuck with you while you record
1: it. Now he's here. (laughs) My favorite Dawkins tooth and nail, but I don't wanna like talk about that one. It is my favorite Dawkins album. My second favorite, no, it's not under lock and key. It's not back for the attack. It's not breaking the chains. It's not dysfunctional. It's not what was that real bad one? The Shadow Life? No. Mine was when George Lynch left for the first time. uh, And they released the Dokken album. Not a Don Dokken, but Dokken erased the slate. That is my pick of the week with Rev Beach on guitar. He's from Winger, but don't hold him against that. (coughs) I know this guy loves Winger. But Rev Beach smokes on the album. I suggest people out there, give it a chance if you've never heard it. Listen to the title track, Race the Slate. Then listen to Maddest Hatter. Then listen to the amazing... Man, a song that I know Ian would love because you love that cock rock. There's this song that's so much fun on that album called Crazy Mary where okay. Mick Brown sings it. And Mick Brown has an amazing voice.
2: I love Mick Brown. I, when I just saw uh, Doc in last uh, October, the only original members were, were Mick Brown. uh <laughs> And docking, But Mick Brown did a lot of, like, talking in between songs, and he was hilarious.
1: Well, you gotta hear Crazy And, and, and,
2: and he's a fucking drunk like me. Remember, you know, he got arrested when he was... Because he goes back and forth between docking and Ted Newton.
1: Yeah, he wrote he a, a golf cart. Golf cart, yeah. You gotta love that. It sounds like a good dude. Yeah, well, Crazy Mary, he does... He sings a song called Crazy Mary. It's such a fun song. YouTube it. And also, a very incredible cover... Of the Three Dog Nights song, One.
2: Oh, and yeah, I have heard that. Very good.
1: Very good. And another an original song that I love, a ballad on there called In Your Honor, where it's like, I, you can tell it's a song about somebody that died. It's like, I lit a, a little candle in your honor today. My pick of the week is Erase the Slate. It's a heavy, heavy album with you know, some fun songs, some ballad songs. But overall, my second favorite docking album. I love, love. And I just want to throw in, I also love that song Prisoner, I'll back for the attack. Yeah, that's a good one, too. (laughs) Well, that's our pick of the Uh, week. So now it's time for Fan of the Week. And before we get into uh, the Fan of the Week we hung out with last night, we have another special Fan of the Week that Ian will talk about.
2: Oh, yes. Uh, We'll get into the next guy. We have a a dual Fan of the Week uh, this week. And and they are both extraordinary. Uh, but the first one I want to talk about is uh, Andrew Gribble. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, he's new to the page, but he's been he's been very active. And he sent me this message the other day. I'm sitting on the porch getting drunk with Doctor Fuck, and we're having a good time. And I get this message, and I stop and read it. And I'm not going to get into specifics because it, it was a, it was a personal message, but. Uh, and, and Andrew's had Something very traumatic happen And he said that You know Listen to this podcast He's a blue collar guy like me So I'm thinking he probably works construction like me And he, he <coughs> says well, You know a lot of times I'm, I'm by myself He goes I'm catching up on past episodes I'll listen to a couple a day And especially I mean now that we're two hours long You know That you know that takes up a good point of your day But he said that uh, You know We make him smile and make him forget some of the, you know, tragic stuff that he has to deal with right now. And that, you know, I had to stop like in the middle. You know, me and rather were talking. I'm just checking my Facebook shit. And I see this. I'm like, hold on. I'm, I'm like, you got to read this, you know. And uh, yeah, I read it, and I was floored
1: by what I read. And it was very. I mean, it was. It's a very traumatic experience, one. Right. Time. So perhaps the worst thing one can go through.
2: Right, it's, it, you and know, it's very, but,
1: very personal. But, uh. but but for him to say that how we helped him was like the greatest honor you can give some, you know me or Ian. You know, it's like, uh, dude. I mean, we're doing what we're doing, and if we bring you happiness in such a dark part of your life, it, it means everything to us, and we really appreciate that. And it's. Hats off to you, my man, and uh, my heart goes out to you and your family. And thank you so much. And I hope that we continue to bring you happiness in, in this time of of sadness.
2: Yeah, and 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 you know we we've gotten uh, we've gotten multiple um, you know fan letters from from people who said like you know we we've helped them through a hard time. Yep, and and that seriously, I mean we're just you know two <coughs> knuckleheads that just. We, we've never lost our love uh, for this kind of music and our sense of humor and uh, to know that people listen to it and, and we can make you smile and rock out is, I mean, that that means way more than any use the Amazon link or anything that, I mean, the, the highest compliment <coughs> is, is, is just that you enjoy it and, it, it, you know, it makes you smile and so Andrew Gribble, uh Man, we love you, brother. We're right there with yeah. you, and uh, and and we really appreciate you. Uh, yeah, you know, and, you. and so glad, so glad we we can do a little something to to, to brighten your day. Awesome. But uh, we also have another fan of the week that we have to share, and we uh, met
1: him last night. Yes, at the
2: Yes, uh, his uh, he he has an alias. I, I don't know if we're outing him here. I think it's. Visconti uh, Alejandro or fucking something something Mexican and he's got a Mexican picture and I've talked to this guy under like (coughs) three different names so I always get confused but you know he sent me a message he said hey you know I live in Louisiana you know kind of you know not in New Orleans but uh, I'm going to be in town for this show and I felt really bad because I wanted to get back to him right away and say, "Yeah, we'll meet up." But I had a lot of shit going on that week, and uh, you know, me and Ralph are sitting outside getting ready for the show. It's like, "Oh fuck, I gotta call this guy." We got yeah. Let-
1: I, I was the one that said, "Hey man, yeah. there was a guy that wanted to meet us," and yeah, then and like, then he goes, "I think I have his number." I was like,
2: "Call him. Let's meet the guy." Oh, we 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 called him up and talked to him, and oh my god, you no. could you could hear the smile on this guy's face, and. Uh, and I met up with him at, well, we all met up with him at the show and uh, had a lot of fun. It was so neat, you know, getting to meet a, a listener. Yeah. And, and, and then he was good enough, you know, him and, his, him and his wife were gracious enough to meet us after the show. They came to the bar that I live above. And I, I'll tell you, in all honesty, me and Rob, because we had the night at Bourbon and then we kind of got up early, we were so dead by the end of the Rush show, it's kind of like, oh, my God, I could go to bed right now. And then, it's like, oh, holy fuck, this fan wants to meet us. Like, we, we gotta, you know, we gotta at least have a fucking drink with this guy.
1: Yeah.
2: And we ended up staying down there for, like, almost two hours. And we drank a lot of beers and had a lot of fun. And it was... Great,
1: so- great, a great conversation, a great flow. His girlfriend's awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, they were both great, great people. And, and the way he would, like, say to me, you know, like... Because the thing, he, he he discovered the podcast through my reviews. He would watch my reviews first. And he would bring up little things about my reviews, which a lot of people do. And I don't really watch my reviews. Because I, once I tape them, I put them up and that's it. <coughs> but then people start bringing up parts of my review that I have to go back and listen. And he was telling me about the Peter Chris 1978. How I was like, I look pissed off and stuff. So now I got to go back and watch that one too. And it was because of that... My YouTube channel. I wrote, "Hey, I got a podcast now." That he actually got turned on to our podcast, and he knew so much shit about our podcast, and he brought up certain episodes, like the Queen one. And oh yeah, and, uh, it, he was
2: a, such a cool guy. Yeah, his real name. I, I hope we're not getting him in trouble. Is Jacob Wood and Jacob Ladder? <laughs> yeah, Jacob Ladder, Jacob Ladder, Jacob Ladder, Jacob Jacob Wood. Super cool dude. Oh and, my god! Uh, was wearing
1: a badass fly by night shirt last night
2: too, and, uh, and we had so much. Fun. It was so nice interacting, you know, with listeners and having fun. And uh, man, if we get any other listeners that, you know, come to the New Orleans area or maybe come to the Miami Beach area, uh, it was really fun, man. And it, it it was it was nice to hear that you know people do get uh, so much enjoyment from the show, and it wasn't like an ego stroke. It was just like. Hey, here's another like minded metal fan. And that's what we did. We talked about music so much. we were talking about Randy Rhoads and, and fucking Death, Chuck Schillinger and fucking Death Angel and shit. And, and Thrash and Die. And yeah. Oh, it was it was all about music and shit. It was so much fun. You know, be. you
1: know, last night you know, right now I just thought of something, man. You know what would be super cool, man, I don't know if it would ever happen, but What's it, that? Would, it would be the coolest thing ever. What's like, happening? everybody we know online that we've never met. Like, your Thomas Black, and your Justin Childers, and Bill Wang. We do a cruise? We go on that Monsters of Rock cruise. <laughs> you see that lineup next year? YT, uh t Queensryche, Loudness, all that shit. We all go on the
2: cruise together, man. All right. How cool would that be? You, you heard it here first. So you motherfuckers need to buy a shitload of stuff off the Amazon link. So I can I'm go. Calling. Yeah, I'm well, I you. I I don't know if I can go. Come on, dude! It's next
1: February. Got enough time. Yeah,
2: well, I, I don't I don't know, but uh. All
1: right, fuck in everybody else. Yeah,
2: yeah, talk. yeah. I, I mean, Doctor Fuck's the real star. Just go hang out with him. <laughs> maybe maybe I can talk to you guys on Skype. <laughs> yeah, but uh oh my God! It was it was an incredible night, uh, and we were so honored and so humble. Uh, you know, to meet somebody that was that big a fan of the show, you know, and, uh, you know, it, it, and just, you know, talk like like Rick, like we talk on this show, this is how we were hanging out with Justin and his girl last night, you know, just talking about metal, having a good time, my favorite part is, uh, he he made his girl listen to the fucking, uh, the podcast, and she's like, wait a minute, she's like. Are you the snoring guy, too, <laughs> that she knew oh, yeah. from your... No, well, that wasn't from the podcast. That was from <laughs> no, but that was from your videos. But this yeah, guy... No,
1: she, yeah, she knew
2: you, She reckoned, but then she said later on, wait a second, this is the guy that sleeps through the reviews? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, she thought she knew me, and I was like, well, you might know my work from To Catch a Predator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and cops. Yeah, and cops. But, uh, oh, my God, it was, it was so nice to, to, to interact with band of the show... And uh what a way to cap off an incredible night. <laughs> I really enjoyed it.
1: All right, Ian South and Antar Shaw. Well, have, you know let's
2: do you know, our little We uh, got we gotta talk about the usual we gotta thing yeah. thatmetalstation.com That's what I meant. Get yes. Into that. yes, we're very proud of that. And and hey, let's give it up to fucking Mike Tyler for his Friday night show. Uh, that's doing really good right now. I hope all of you guys check that out Friday nights at 1 a.m. We're so proud to be part of that MetalStation.com and it's helping us grow and we hope we help them grow. Uh, iTunes, iTunes numbers are through the roof and we're so happy. Uh, If you can, please leave a fucking review and a a five-star rating. We've had a couple of good reviews last week always makes me happy. Uh, glad everybody's checking out the show. I'm glad it's growing. If you don't go on iTunes, you know, you know, you can go on Podbean. You can go on, uh, you know, we got the uh, the YouTube page. And come on the Facebook page, man, because if if you, you want to, you know, any chance of meeting us or hanging us out, or if you just want to talk to us on a regular basis, we're very active on the Facebook page. And there's so yeah. much to do. You know, another cool thing that I think people would really enjoy... Check out the photos that are on our Facebook page. I usually Like, Monday through Friday, I usually put up three photos a day. And I put up some videos. But I've got all these amazing pictures, like ads for, you know, classic albums when they came out. We have, like, almost 1,600 photos on our page. Amazing. Steal them. Take them. Tell people, you found it. We don't give a fuck. And also recently put on their historic pictures of me and Ian together for the first time. That's true. That That's true. People have been going nuts to finally see us together. Drinking and, beer. Yeah. And, oh, my God, what what a fucking, what a weekend we've had. It, it's, it's been a pleasure, Ralph. And, uh, and, Ian, I also want to tell the
1: people, good folks out there, that if you go on our YouTube page, by the time this is up, you can see video footage of me and Ian outside drunk, Uh, In his little uh, What do you call that Back there Patio
2: I don't know
1: In your patio You know Where (laughs) there's footage Of us out there Babbling drunk So check that out On our YouTube page And
2: and we're getting ready To go out there now And drink more beer Listen to fucking Exit Stage Left And cook some fucking So Let's go Let's do it I'm hungry Let's go There could be You know More extra shit Coming soon That's right Uh, But yeah You know Check us out In all the usual ways Please There is the Amazon link uh, on our Podbean page. It doesn't cost you a penny. Uh, some of the shit we talked about, like, oh, I forgot about that Rush album, I forgot about this Rush album. Buy it! Using our Amazon link doesn't cost you a penny more, and it it sends a little bit money to help offset the costs that we spend to do the show. But, uh, man, we're so glad people enjoy this, that we've touched people's lives, and, and you've touched us just as much in that special spot. We appreciate it. It, it really... It means the world, me and Ralph were really taken back by meeting people that really enjoy what we do. Because, I mean, mainly we do this for us, but to know that other people enjoy it as well, I mean, that's the fucking icing on the cake. You know, like, yeah. like Paul Stanley says, some people like steak, some people like cheesecake. We're everything to everybody.
1: Hi, I would fight crime. <laughs> All right, so uh, before we end, I think we got a little time left. What do you say we play some music, Ian? Oh, hell yeah. I want to play an incredible cover uh, that somebody did for Alice Cooper. And that somebody is somebody that you think I hate a lot. But I got to tell you, he did an amazing cover of Black Widow. You know what I'm talking about? Bruce Dickinson? That's right. I love, and I love that album what's that album called that uh, album? Is, that, is that a
2: humanary stew
1: humanary stew great tribute album and bruce dickinson does an amazing amazing version of black widow and it's one of my favorite Alice cooper songs Very off. Awesome. welcome to my nightmare so this is bruce dickinson with black
0: widow and here my prize the black widow isn't she lovely and so deadly Her kiss is 15 times more poisonous than the rattlesnake. And you see, her venom is highly neurotoxic, which is to say that it attacks the central nervous system, causing intense pain, profuse sweating, difficulty in breathing, loss of consciousness, violent convulsions, and finally, death. (laughs) You know what I think I love the most about her? is her inborn need to dominate and possess such power and dignity, unhampered by sentiment. And if I may put forward a slice of personal philosophy, I feel that man has ruled this world as a stumbling, demented child king long enough! And as his empire crumbles, my precious black widow shall rise as his most fitting successor these words he speaks are true. We're all humanary stew if we don't pledge allegiance to the Black Widow.
1: Right, that was the air siren. What all you maiden tards call them? Uh, with uh, Bruce Dickinson uh, and uh, uh, Alice Cooper classic "Black Widow," which uh, the original version featured Vincent Price doing the yes. intro, which was so cool. But awesome. I like I like how way uh, right before does it.
2: Michael Jackson got him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah,
1: but um, yeah, I love it. That's a good, uh, great cover. And uh, I'm going to throw it over to Ian. What you got?
2: Now I got something again. A hundred and fucking 80 degrees different. Uh, This is, oh, such an incredible fucking album. With an incredible band. A great guitar player that I love, John Sykes. This is the first track off the first Murder album. This is Riot.
1: That was Blue Murder with Riot off their very first album. Great album. Great pick there, Ian.
2: We hope you enjoy this review of uh, the Rush concert. Whether, Whether you like Rush or not, I still think it's a great episode. Like any episode. Yeah. But if you're more particular, you know, you have to hear about, you know, a certain something something. Come back next week because we have the only living beetle we can afford Ringo Starr Ringo? Ringo Starr will be here To specifically talk about The Andy Gibb classic Shadow Dancing we Oh c- just the song? Just the song could- It's, it's going to be like a two hour discussion on Shadow Dancing Yeah but we're going to get really in depth uh, Because we couldn't afford for him To talk about the whole album Because I, like, I was like what do you think about Love is Thicker Than Water He's, he's like uh, yeah, Fuck you pay me like okay, Ringo, let's talk about shadow dancing. So yeah. that's next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. I'm I'm in shock that Pete Beth ain't cheaper. I I think he's
1: dead. Oh.